Hello. All right. How's it going? How's everyone doing? Are we all okay? I I hope so. Uh, back for another episode of Lockdown Mums, uh, where I will be chatting to you a lot about what it's like to be a mum or become a mum during lockdown. This week's episode, I have my friend Frankie on the show. Uh, she's one of my fellow NCT crew members, and we are going to be chatting a bit about maternity leave. So yeah, uh, let's get on with the show. Hope you enjoy it. Hello. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. I'm glad Ooh. this has all worked Yay. very easily. How's your uh, how's your Saturday going? We have not done a lot actually. We've done a bit of tidying, had a nice lunch, had some croissants for breakfast. Oh nice. So all good. That sounds great. <laughs> I've been hoovering and cleaning today, <laughs> which is a weirdly satisfying Uh, isn't it I mean my house actually makes me cross when it's untidy these days like I get physically angry at my own house (laughs) (laughs) why are you doing this to me yeah I yeah I know I get that completely oh well let's uh why do you get so dusty yeah just I don't where does it all come from like I I hoover like twice a week and yet still (laughs) Winston's on the floor for two seconds and somehow is covered in every <laughs> every piece of dust in the house. <laughs> yep. It's the sticky fingers that do it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's disgusting. It's actually disgusting. Right, when I put him in his high chair to feed him, I have to wipe his hands first now because he's just like every little <laughs> crevice is just covered in like drooly, dusty, I don't know. It's gross. That's making me sound great, but... <laughs> I think <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, it's so weird, like seeing you, seeing your face and chatting to you, because we're so used to talking over WhatsApp like all the time. You forget that you're actually a real person <laughs> on the other end. I know. I actually think we should do this more, like as a big group. I think it would be lovely to see each other's faces. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our uh, our wine Zoom in a few weeks' time. That's going to be. Oh, that's going to be so good. Yeah. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's let's get started. So this topic is obviously okay. maternity leave. We are both currently on our maternity yes. leave. So did you, were you furloughed before you went on your maternity leave or did you work right up until Thomas was born? I can't remember. So I... So our company actually didn't furlough anybody. We were quite lucky. Um, They did make some redundancies, um, which I think happened to a lot of people. Um, But I was quite lucky in that we were obviously, our department kept working. Um, So I guess I'll talk about my birth story in a bit. But I actually worked until the Friday and had Thomas on the Monday. (laughs) So I literally worked (laughs) up to the wire um yeah so I've Thomas has literally been around for all of my maternity leave um which is lovely in a way um it's really nice um but it has been yeah it did mean that we had just no downtime at all before before Mm -hmm. he came along um because I think you you were furloughed for a bit weren't you before Winston was born yeah so we I couldn't work at the coffee shop 
almost immediately because they were like pregnant people need to self-isolate and so I stopped going into work and then my other job I said I can't really come in it's not it's not feasible and so we ended up all being furloughed within about a week of that anyway Um, but I was doing a lot of work from home beforehand and then I was furloughed I think end of March so I had April and most of May furloughed just decorating i decorated my whole house <laughs> which i'm see regretting. there are some advantages some advantages to all of this that's going on yeah yeah no that was good because we'd only just moved in as well so it was it was pretty it was pretty dank and gross so i do feel glad that i got it done but also i feel like my body is is paying for it now with all of the problems that i've had after giving birth to winston i'm wondering if all of that physical exercise is something to do with it but I don't know. My job was pretty. I was going to say, if you were furloughed from furloughed from March, and um, so what was that? You were seven months pregnant at that point, and decorating a whole house. That's mm. quite a good effort on your part. I mean, I was already struggling, like just getting to work and back. So I, I live in Bath, but obviously I worked in Bristol, so I had to walk to the train station, and then walk to my work on the other side. And I could tell it was getting harder and harder because. I'd have to leave earlier and earlier because it was taking me longer to get there. And by the time I got to the train station, I was like, <laughs> I need to sit down. But I'd gotten to that point where I was so big that people just get out of your way. They just let you sit down. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> On a busy train, you're guaranteed. They talk about like they talk about like the pregnant woman waddle and I thought for ages I was like oh it's just a myth thing and then suddenly you hit a point and you're like oh no now I'm walking like a penguin like just trying to carry this massive bump in front of me I remember walking to the shops one afternoon I went to get I don't know just just like a few bits and pieces and co-op isn't that far from our house and I had my bags and I got about a quarter of the way home and I had to call John who was at work at home I was like I'm really sorry John but you need to come and help me I, I physically cannot <laughs> carry all this stuff <laughs> I just sat on the wall just waiting for John to come and get me I was like oh, I'm sorry I failed at life yeah I don't I don't miss that it's like I'm carrying this baby in my stomach yeah. and so now I'm carrying all of these shopping bags at the same time and it doesn't get better once they're out either because you're just constantly carrying them around anyway and they're, they're outside of your body, so they're all wriggly and they're really hard to keep hold of. And they get heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. <laughs> Just great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um, like obviously your body changes loads with pregnancy, which I expected. But I actually feel like I'm, I'm sort of weirdly toned in different places. Like obviously my stomach is, let's not even talk about that. But <laughs> like where I lift him and carry him all the time like I swear I'm like have musclier arms than I've ever had in my life because I'm lifting like this massive weight around all the time that was definitely the first thing I noticed change after I gave birth because I, I think I put on quite a bit of weight and I noticed it most sort of in my arms and obviously in my belly and stuff but like after a couple of months my arms got kind of gone back to normal and now they're like they're like bun- like steel they're like steel just carry in Winston Ryan with like one hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um have these like baby guns now. Like, yeah. Yes. Your maternity leave, did you get did you get a package at work or was it just statutory um maternity pay and leave? 
Yeah, so I was quite lucky um, with our company. I mean, I have worked there for nearly 14 years now. So I had kind of done my time with them. Um, but they were pretty generous in that we get, uh, we do get statutory after, again, this is, this is probably going to be one of the things because I can't remember exactly because maternity pay is such a minefield. Mm-hmm. But we do get more than statutory for longer than the six weeks that I think the government recommends. Um, so I think for the first, it might have been for the first three months, um, they were quite generous. And then, yeah, you drop onto statutory and now, well, not quite yet, but in I guess the next few weeks when Thomas turns nine months, um, you effectively, yeah, you drop to nothing. So yeah, that'll be interesting um, to see how that goes. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it is nice having, and I'm really grateful that my company were, were good to start with. Um, but I guess most people then go through that transition that it kind of drops off and off and off um, with with maternity pay. Um but yeah, I was quite lucky um, and I did find, you know, I was grateful, particularly, like you say, in a, in a, in a world where people were being furloughed and things. Um, I was quite grateful for that to begin with. Um, but yeah, it is an absolute minefield, as with everything else with parenting, is, is maternity pay and making sure that you get what, what you're kind of owed. Um, I don't know if you found that as well, but trying to just make sure that... The government don't really make it simple because i i actually wrote the maternity policy for no. our for our um well, for our business we're a co-op so we didn't actually have one and weirdly enough we've now had three babies in the space of one year so it's good timing <laughs> wow but uh, just researching and just trying to figure out like what the basics are when you need to file by and all of that jazz was just so complicated because it's not all in one place and like sometimes the guy gui- the guidelines are they're not they're not really very clear and so sometimes you have to interpret it how you feel is the best way to interpret it so it was quite difficult um but yeah we were really lucky uh we've got a really great bunch of people that all agreed to have 12 weeks full pay for maternity and then paternity was a month's full pay and then they have their two weeks i think on top of that i think but yeah, it's it's been amazing. I've been really lucky. Um, and obviously, because I was furloughed first, it gave me the advantage of having that a little bit extra because I started my maternity leave the day Winston was born. So like you, I'm coming up to the end of mine. Um, and then March, I've got all of my holiday left from last year to use up. And then I go back in April, which I don't, <laughs> I don't feel ready for. No, I feel like since New Year, like literally, I swear, like New Year's Eve hit and the fact that it was suddenly the year that I would go back to work. I know that sounds really weird because it was always going to be the same amount of time, but it suddenly hit me that we're going back to work this year and it suddenly feels like... Well, I guess with lockdown, it feels like time is suddenly limited and yet we can't really do anything with it. So it's a real like just quandary of emotions that you know yes it would be great for them to have a bit more interaction you know I think you know the baby's going off to nursery and things would be really good but also yeah there's a bit of me that's just like yeah just dreading that thought of going going into work and and not being with him every day. Did you um do you find that your vision of maternity leave has changed massively since well since lockdown and obviously since actually being on it as well? Oh 
hugely like if you'd have asked me I guess I guess when I first got pregnant because you know COVID appeared fairly soon into our pregnancy but early on I would have thought that I'd be doing stuff every day and like sitting in coffee shops and like just you know meeting up with other mums pretty much every day and like that's what I had envisioned for like maternity leave um you know even little things like going into work to show your baby off like you know this is this is the baby that this is why I'm off um you know I think there's probably people you know our company's quite a big one um and there'll be people in our company that don't that I probably have worked with a lot and don't even know I'm off because we're not in an office Mm. so they won't have even noticed um that I've had a baby um so I just find that so weird that none of those things have happened and I think I mean you'll remember from our NCT classes you know the real focus was on the positives of lockdown because we were obviously the babies were born in the first lockdown and we talked about that nesting period and the fact that it would be lovely to be all at home and everything and it was I I don't know if you found the same but those first probably three months were were great you know the fact that you, you didn't have to go out and you didn't have to have people around you could just get on with your baby and then the older they get the harder it is because they need so much entertaining and interaction and they're just you know, like you said about being exhausted and having these arm muscles because you're picking them up all the time. And yet we're stuck in the house with them, like in that situation. And it's just, it's so hard, I think. Um, It's so hard now. I don't know if you've found this lockdown the hardest, but I know I have. Yeah, I definitely have. I'm not sure if it's because this time round, we're just like, I've got no idea when this is going to end. And obviously the first time round, it was all new and everyone was like, oh, I'll be over soon. It'll be fine. But now it kind of feels like this feels like it's going to go on forever. And the fact that the reality is, is that I'm going to be going back to work while this is still going on makes me feel really like yeah. robbed of that time. Like I know I've been really lucky to have this time off and I still have that part of me that feels quite guilty for having this time off when I know everybody at work's been really stressed and like suffering to like get the, keep the business going. But at the same time, I was like, this, this isn't how I planned it. This isn't what I wanted. And although yes, Winston probably has had way more quality time with us. He's missed out on meeting new, like new friends and like seeing my family and just, yeah, it, it almost, kind of balances itself out but at the same time it doesn't (laughs) yeah yeah it's really hard and and like you I sort of I feel guilty for feeling sad about what we've lost because in many ways we're so lucky you know we've had a baby during one of the hardest years you know 2020 was probably the hardest year of people had ever had for some people and yet for us it was brilliant because we got this new baby and it was fantastic and so it's hard not to feel guilty when you sort of think you know my maternity leave sucked a bit because I couldn't do all those things that I wanted to do and I suppose as well we had the added bonus of doing the NCT so we had the support of each other whereas there are a lot of women out there that probably feel really isolated the fact that they didn't have that extra group of people to talk to and like that I feel I really feel for new mums that have had to go through that because I I honestly don't know how I would have done this without you lot like John obviously has been incredible but to have that support at like four in the morning when you're feeding again for like the 20th time saying is anyone else up and literally everyone's like yeah I'm still here (laughs) I'm still awake (laughs) 
Yeah. I tried to look the other day. I mean, I'm not very good with WhatsApp, but I tried to look at how many messages and I don't think you can see, but I would guess it's in the like tens of thousands, like the messages our groups exchanged. And like you, like I've got other friends that have had children, um, but they don't know what it's like to have a baby during a global pandemic. And you guys do, you, you get it completely. You know, I don't even have to question whether you get it. And like you said, I just, the fact that there weren't really any baby groups at first. So there weren't any other ways to connect with new mums. You know, the fact that we'd done NCT meant we had this ready-made group when the babies came along. And so, like you said, how, how did people cope? Because they couldn't meet other mums. It must've been so hard. Um, And, you know, anyone sort of that is thinking about it, because I questioned it because it was all over Zoom. I sort of thought, oh, do we still want to do NCT because it's not going to be in person? I would say absolutely go for it because that money spent is like, I think our group is worth 10 times that, like having that group of mums, um, like to, yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. If you're thinking about going on to NCT, then 100% it's worth the money. Obviously, yeah. yes, you learn you learn some valuable information, but it's always been for that networking of meeting other mums and other parents that are going through the same as you, one hundred percent. And obviously, the the yeah, people that run absolutely. the NCT courses are brilliant. Noreen was great, wasn't she? She was so lovely, made me feel a lot better. Yeah, I found um, I found it surprising how me- how much kind of links she had to with the local hospitals and, and midwives and things like I don't know how many people are aware of that I don't again maybe that's not you know kind of across the board for NCT um, but she could give us a lot of reassurance around a completely new situation which was having a baby in hospitals that were you know sometimes close to dads and things like that um, and she gave us a lot of reassurance around that which also was was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because we we obviously missed out on being able to have the tour of the hospital and stuff. I know you could yeah. do it online, but it wasn't quite the same. And so having somebody that had been in the rooms and knew what to expect and knew quite a few of the midwives, she knew my my midwife, and that that made me feel a lot more comfortable about going in and going through it all. Um, so yeah, anyone who's thinking about doing NCT, do it. Just do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, when I decided to do this episode with you, I had a look online at other countries' maternity leave policies and pay. And to be fair, the UK, I mean, is pretty good. We get six weeks at 90% and then the rest of it is, at, I think it's like 152 now, I think, which obviously yep. isn't amazing, but it's a lot better than a lot of countries get. And so I've just been looking at the other places and Estonia, I think is the best out of everywhere they get for the first 18 months of their child's life. They get full pay 18 months. Oh my gosh. That's insane. And then they get a total of 84 weeks altogether. So that's amazing. I just, let's all go and live in Estonia. Yeah. Estonia's like Estonia's up by those Scandinavian countries, isn't it? It's, um, it's going to be in the Scandi countries, which always do so well with maternity and paternity. Actually, my friend lived in Sweden for a couple of years and they had two of their children while they lived there. And, um, the, the dad was encouraged to take, I think, six months off. Um, and they took oh, six months together to start with. And their jobs were like all completely safe and everything when they when they returned. It was absolutely brilliant. Because you, you don't realise 
how much you need your partner with you. And I remember when we first, we were first chatting about John having time off and he was like, yeah, I'll probably just have the two weeks and then go back. And I'm like, you're honestly not going to want to do two weeks and then go back. He's like, yeah, but I'd rather save my holiday for when he's a bit older and I can enjoy it a bit more. And obviously me being like, "Mm, that's not going to happen. And then obviously lockdown (laughs) happened. And so he ended up having his two weeks off and then he was furloughed for a month. So he had six weeks off completely and then his work brought him back sort of part-time so overall he probably spent like maybe three months or so with Winston way more than he ever ever imagined and he did say like looking back like I'm really glad I had that time two weeks is definitely not enough because for the first two weeks you're you're essentially like sleepwalking like you're not you're not there I, I couldn't tell you what happened in the first two weeks of Winston's life apart from feeding him worrying about him not like dying and feeding him that was literally it I don't remember anything else about those first two weeks and so yeah I I feel for dads I've got to go back to work after that because they must be absolutely knackered but yeah yeah it's another thing that like lockdown um has helped with because I don't know about John but obviously my husband works from home and I know a lot of dads do and that's helped you know massively it's given them a bit of extra time I think um on top of that like you said it's appalling two weeks that they get at the beginning yeah because then if they're working from home they're kind of there for their lunch break and they're there for as soon as they finish work rather than having to commute home for like an hour or so they're just there and so John always gets to spend that bit of time with him and like he always gives Winston a bath which they absolutely love doing together it's really cute um, so yeah, I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. And I get a feeling like that's probably not going to change now. I feel like he's going to be working from home sort of 90% once everything's gone back to normal, um, which makes our lives a lot easier when it comes to Winston being in nursery. And when I go back to work, cause I will be working in Bristol and I will have to commute there. So that, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. It's made a huge difference. So yeah, the the worst country, surprisingly, or is it surprisingly, is America that doesn't offer anything. They literally offer nothing. I've heard this and it always, like, it always surprises me. I've had friends that lived in in the States and you'd think for, uh, you know, Western civilised country that, you know, I know it has its issues, but, you know, it's, you know, effectively a very similar country to ours, a lot bigger. And yeah, they get zero like it's it blows my mind still that that that's even possible and also if you don't have insurance you'd have to pay to go into hospital to have your baby which i can imagine is probably thousands and thousands of pounds which also absolutely baffles me i've got a friend i can't remember if it was in the states that and and you can pay if you're not insured you can pay more like to have give birth in a better hospital and i just sort of think how bad must it be if you can't afford to pay for the best hospital so you're like giving birth in a sort of substandard hospital like it's insane that wealth should come into childbirth really that just it blows my mind yeah because you're already terrified enough about giving birth and the thought of having to go into a hospital that probably is low funded has not not as many doctors and midwives as it needs that I'd rather just have a kid at home if that was the case where it's free and just pray that nothing went (laughs) wrong Jesus yep home birth (laughs) so um what was like the biggest positive do you think of being in lockdown and having your maternity leave 
because obviously lockdown wasn't all bad. No, I think it has been, and I know we've talked about maybe not seeing parents and friends enough, but actually I feel like the bond that I have with Thomas and, and it's particularly during those first weeks when we could just cuddle up on the sofa and I didn't have to worry about, you know, whether I should go out for a walk or should go out for a coffee or should go, you know, should enroll him in classes because I didn't have any option. Um, it was just brilliant because I didn't feel guilty about doing any of those things. I just sat on the sofa in my pyjamas for probably more weeks than I should have done. <laughs> um, but it was a massive positive. Um, and I still do sometimes now. And I still don't feel guilty about it. And yes, so that's you shouldn't. just, I think it's lovely <laughs> just to have that time. <laughs> yeah, it's mum's prerogative. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, so let's hear about your birth story. Because um, obviously I know we've all heard uh, the group's uh, birth stories but I haven't really heard them all in detail so it'd be really interesting because you were the first weren't you the first Thomas is the oldest yes so it's it's weird because I think um you you know we all talked about the dates we were due when we first did NCT and we were about in the middle I think and I sort of guess a little bit of me wanted him to be a bit before the middle because I didn't want to um, you know, I wanted to join that club of of mums, but actually going first, um, it, it wasn't difficult. It's just it, it, like you've at that point you have really got no one to talk to, I guess, because you you've just had this baby and and you know you're sort of waiting for the next one, which happened to be you. <laughs> um, so, um, in fact, I think Winston was born as I was, I was think when I listened to the first episode and you said what time he was born, I think I was literally leaving the RUH as he was born no um, on that Saturday. Aww. Yeah. Um, so, so that's exciting to find out. Um, but so, so yeah, so our birth, um, Thomas was first because he was, um, came as a planned cesarean, which they wanted to do early. Um, I had a low lying placenta, which was picked up at our 20 week scan. Um, and then I'm not sure if it was because of COVID or because somebody forgot to do something at the hospital. It's never really been clear. Um, but I should have had a follow up scan at 32 weeks. Um, but that for some reason got missed and pushed to 36 weeks. So I had a, a scan at 36 weeks to check where the placenta was and it was still lying too low for them to be confident that, that I could have a safe natural delivery. Basically they're, they're worried about bleeding in that situation. Um, and what would happen if I went into labor is they would effectively probably have to do an emergency cesarean section anyway. So the advice is to have a planned one. Um, but because my scan got pushed to 36 weeks, which was a Thursday, they effectively said, oh, do you want to have him on Monday? Which was possibly the scariest sentence I've ever heard, <laughs> ever. Um, I was on my own because it was COVID restrictions. So Lee wasn't allowed into the hospital. Um, so I remember walking out to the car um after the scan and I sort of got in and he said oh all okay and I sort of had to go oh I've got to go back in because we need to decide if we want to have this baby on Monday <laughs> um so he was a little bit shell-shocked I think um but we obviously said yes they they thought that was the safest thing to do um so my maternity leave as this is the maternity leave episode I wasn't actually due to start maternity leave for another week um, so I literally had to go back home and email my boss and then talk to him on the phone and just say, look, I'm going to have to finish tomorrow because um, baby's coming. Um, 
so we had I, I guess in a way it was good we didn't have time to really panic or worry because we literally had three days to um get a car seat into the car I think the car seat <laughs> wasn't even in the car um we built his bed like we literally just spent two days prepping our house for a baby coming um which which yeah we did I had a baby shower on the Sunday a little Aww. zoom baby shower really quickly um which was nice and then on the Monday um went into hospital we got there at 7 a.m um Lee had to sit in the car again um and I would say that was probably the hardest bit um anybody who has a planned cesarean booked in who's worried about the cesarean bit I'd say actually just the bit before is quite tough particularly if your husband can't be their husband or Mm. partner because you just sat there thinking about it on your own and we were we were there for five hours I think before I just kind of sat doing nothing um and then they come and prep you and Lee comes in from the car and puts on scrubs and thought he looked like the coolest doctor there's ever been <laughs> in all his scrubs. Um, took Taking selfies while I'm like, seriously, now is not the time. <laughs> um, and then they take you through and they honestly, they treat you like an absolute rock star. There's probably, I think there were probably 10 or 12 people in the room. There's a lot of people. Um but they're all just, you know, treating you like an absolute queen, like asking you if you're comfortable, got everything, like excited. It was all, you know, it was all very lovely. Um, And then they kind of prep you, put the screens up, get you ready. Um, And then kind of the anaesthetist then is your best friend because they're (laughs) watching what's going on over the screen because obviously you don't want to look at that business end. Um, and they're watching, so they get you ready effectively. So the anaesthetist, who was called Cameron at the RUH, um, and he was brilliant, um, he basically says, um, and I think it was from being anaesthetized, it was probably 10 minutes, I think. It was so wow. quick. Um, he suddenly kind of looks over and he looks at the two of us and said, get yourselves ready, your baby's coming. Um, and they just lift up this tiny little bundle of, and it was just amazing like we'd asked that we wanted our voices to be the first ones he heard so everybody went quiet in the in the theater so me and Lee could kind of say hello and just you know I don't think we I don't even really remember what we said I think we just sort of said hello just like over (laughs) and over again um (laughs) hi nice to meet you hi um and then obviously, because he was early and we were warned about all of this, they then have to take him off um, to get him assessed, to check he's breathing OK, to check, you know, his lung development is fine. So he was kind of whisked off. Um, but I could tell immediately that everything was OK because they asked Lee to go over. And I sort of figured if anything was up, they they probably, yeah. you know, they would be dealing with it. But they sort of said to Lee, oh, do you want to come over? So Lee wandered off. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> at that moment in a c-section I know everyone tells you this you forget that it's even going on because they bring your baby over and you just you don't really care what they're doing downstairs you know get on with (laughs) stitching up because I don't you know you just don't care um and it was lovely you know I could hear Thomas crying which was a great sign because I knew that meant he was breathing okay um yeah it was just it was just lovely um and then we, they take you through to recovery um, and this was then the really hard bit that in hindsight I think I probably would have asked for a bit more time because I think we got about an hour and a half in recovery 
Um, but because Thomas was early, we had to stay in hospital for five days. Um, and because of COVID, Lee wasn't allowed back in. So Lee saw him for like an hour and a half and then didn't see him again until he was five days old. Which, oh, that's so hard. Yeah, I, I think at the time I didn't realise how hard it was. Um, because like you said, in those first few weeks, you're just feeding and checking that they're still breathing and, you know, making sure that they haven't pooed themselves. And it's just <laughs> like, like I look at photographs of me and I just look like more tired than I think I've ever been in my life. Um, and so at the time, I don't think I really realised it. And it was only when we got home and I kind of watched Lee be a dad that I realised that we'd we'd sort of missed out a bit in those days it was hard yeah yeah I can imagine I mean is it is that still the case now I'm assuming dads are allowed to come back to visit but they're still not allowed to stay yeah so I think it varies by hospital but I think most hospitals now dads are allowed to visit you know Mm. um which even that I think must make a huge difference just being able to see them a bit in the day um just for your sake as well like for those first few days like so much emotionally happens to you like your milk comes in you have your like all of your um hormones and stuff change and I I remember like day three I just like all I did was cry like I was just so emotional every time I looked at Winston I was like oh you're so beautiful oh my god I'm in so much pain but that like crying because you love them so much I still do that (laughs) weirdest thing ever like you just literally look at them and just cry like I just love you more than anything um but yeah I just I I had proper hysterical like can't get your breath crying in front of two midwives and I I think it must have been day three and I just remember them saying to me like I think they were really busy and they just went could you call your husband? Um, and I was just like, Prob- probably. Um, so I think I just ended up just ringing him. It was about it's probably about five in the morning and just calling him and going, I can't cope with this. I just want to come home. Um, but yeah, it was fine. It all ended, you know, as I said, we left the hospital on a Saturday, which was when Winston's being born. Um, and, and yeah, and in the weeks that followed, I didn't get enough sleep either because I didn't want to go to bed because I wanted to watch Lee be a dad because we'd missed out and I just wanted to watch him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, that's such a lovely story. And it's really nice to hear such a positive cesarean story because I think it gets such a bad rep, doesn't it? People always think, oh, if someone has to have a cesarean, that some way or another that they failed at giving birth, which is absolutely ridiculous. I, I still don't understand why there's so much stigma um, towards having a C-section. No, it's really weird because we told a few people, well, we told quite a lot of people, obviously, in the days just before we had it, once we knew we were having it. And we got a few, like, disappointed, like, oh, that's a shame. And, I mean, A, that's the last thing you need to hear when you're about to have a C-section, even if they think that. But also, I don't know why people think that, because... You know, firstly, it was the safest thing to do in that situation. Like 100 percent. I've I've had my birth reflections call and we talked about it. And if I'd have gone into labor and had a bleed, it would have been an emergency situation, which nobody wants. Um, So they're safe. You know, as I said, you get treated like an absolute rock star. Um, And yeah, it's recovery is hard afterwards, but recovery from labor is hard afterwards. You know, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's any worse no, than they're just different, than labor. Right? They're different. Yeah. Do you know what I 
I watched this video, I think it was on Instagram, of this woman who was a doctor and she does uh, cesareans and she was showing her son how he was born. And so she had this like Play-Doh body essentially oh, wow. and she had like took t- plastic tools for him so he was doing it if you cut if, if you get time like find it i think it's probably on youtube or something and like she cuts through all of the different layers and like explains what all of the different layers are and like she pulls back all the muscles and stuff and at the end they pull out this like tiny little doll and stuff and like after watching that i was just like I didn't realize so much went into like obviously yes it's a major surgery but like actually physically watching like the layers getting cut back and like all the things that you have to cut through just to get to the baby. It's absolutely incredible. Like that, that surgery has just defined birthing for mothers now just made everything so much safer. And if I ever have to have a cesarean, I will feel very grateful that, that, that surgery just exists because so many women in the past would have died from childbirth because of all of these complications, which, which could have been solved so quickly with this surgery. And so, yeah, it really annoys me when it gets such bad rep from people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is tricky, I think, because not only is it now so much safer, but recovery is so much better. Like I know, you know, I've heard of people who were born kind of of our generation by cesarean and their parents well the mother obviously having like six months recovery time because you know that was what happened then but surgery's come such a long way um I actually towards the end of my six weeks which is the recommended recovery time towards the end of that I had to remind myself to take it slowly because you sort of you don't really feel bad anymore you know Mm. you you feel mostly normal um so it's you know it's come such a long way and like you the stigma around it still is it's just a bit odd really I'm surprised um, because there were at least four cesarean sections on the day that we had ours so they're, they're so common you know there's so many of them going on it's not unusual anymore I feel like obviously with my recovery I thought everything was fine um and then I think about eight weeks into my recovery, I, I realized I had a prolapse and that really frustrated me because I felt like I was being quite cautious. And obviously I, I probably wasn't doing as much as I should have been. But I think that kind of paves the way that if I ever have another child, the likelihood of me having a cesarean is quite high. So it's really nice yeah. to know people that have been through it and see how positive the outcomes are for people. Obviously, I know it's different and there will be the unfortunate times where someone maybe doesn't have the experience they hope for. But I'm praying that if that ever happens to me, that my my experience will be as nice as yours. Yeah, I mean, it was so positive. And I was actually saying to Lee quite recently, actually, I think like popular culture and TV and stuff maybe needs to make a bit more of it because you never really see cesareans on telly whether that's kind of on one born every minute or in kind of fictional television shows where the woman's pregnant it's always about natural labor um and i'm not saying that one born every minute should put on an emergency cesarean because you know sometimes those situations aren't aren't easy and they're horrible but i've no i don't see any reason why you couldn't show a planned cesarean just to normalize it a bit mm. um for women to not feel scared and you know I would say to anyone you know listening like like you feel you know if they are feeling nervous about a planned cesarean you know try not to because as I said my experience was so positive they've got to come out one way or another 
<laughs> exactly. I heard someone referred to it the other day. It was on the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast. Someone referred to it as coming out the sunroof was having a <laughs> yeah. cesarean section. So that's what I'm going to tell Thomas when he's older. He came out the sunroof. Oh, yeah, that's a really cool way of describing it. I bet he'll find that really cool, like saying that to all his friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and then he'll get to like 10 and find it hugely embarrassing that I'm talking about my birth sure. story in front of his friends. Because we will still be talking about this when they're all 18 and, and hanging oh, out. Oh, yeah, for other. the rest of his life. Yeah, it will be happening. <laughs> um, do you feel like, do you feel ready to go back to work yet? Um, so I've done a few keep in touch days, um, which I think quite a lot of companies offer. And um weirdly I've actually found them harder than I thought I would because I'm working from home so my husband um is looking after Thomas um but he's in the house um so it's weird I I can't it's very difficult to sort of switch off from Mm -hmm. being a mum um and I don't know because I've never experienced anything other than that I don't know if it would be easier if I was going into the office, I feel like it probably would be um, because I could probably switch off a bit more. Um, Obviously when I return to work, Thomas will be in nursery. So I think that'd be much easier. He'll be out of that situation. Um, So I do feel ready to return to work to do my actual job. Um, I'm not sure how ready I feel for Thomas to go to nursery. I think having been his kind of, well, he's never not been around me or Lee you know in his whole life um because we've not had that kind of contact with family and friends um so I am a bit nervous about that side um I think it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see I'm sure he'll be fine he'll probably love it and (laughs) I'll be the one sobbing in the corner (laughs) yeah um but work-wise yeah I do I do feel ready I think good I'm glad when does he um start nursery then uh, so it'll be May. Um, oh, you still so got a quite... few months. Yeah, to go. I've got I've got a few months to go, um, and we've got kind of settling in days and stuff, which I hope will be. I, I think by then they'll be fine to run. Um, so yeah, so that fingers crossed that COVID. Uh, yeah, is maybe slightly better by May. Who knows? I really. Oh God, I who hope knows? so. But yeah who knows um what about winston when's when's he starting nursery so he starts in march so it's coming up it's creeping up but i'm really lucky that i've got much off so those two days i'm gonna spend making stock for my own little business uh francis and rose if anybody cares to follow me on instagram <laughs> um so yeah i'm gonna make some uh some stuff for that and just kind of enjoy having a bit of me time for a little bit before I go back to work because I think as soon as I do go back it's it, my life is going to change because I'll have to commute like my work is going to probably be quite stressful because lockdown will still be a thing and we'll be trying to figure out how we're going to keep the business going so it's not like I'm going back and being sort of welcomed with open arms like oh we've missed you it's great to have you back it's like great Jen you're back let's deal with all this shit <laughs> let's get on it <laughs> so yeah but I am looking forward to going back I, I miss everybody so much and I miss my job um I I did do a couple of keeping in touch days where I did get to go to work um so I can tell you from experience you you do f- not forget about your baby but you you'd be surprised at how quickly you feel normal again without having yeah. them around because I I was really stressed because it was at the time when Winston I hadn't really sorted his um 
his schedule out and he wasn't really napping at all. And so my mum, my mum and my dad came up to look after him and he probably cried like all day and I like, didn't really eat. And then by the time I got home, I literally sat with him and breastfed him for like an hour and then he just passed out. But I think now he's a lot older, his his routine is a lot better. So I think it'll be way easier than it would have been back then anyway. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird how and I, it's almost quite sudden, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's it's gone kind of past quicker than I think. But they do suddenly reach an age where they get into a much better routine. And it's almost like they suddenly become little people mm-hmm. that are much more predictable and, you know, can go a little bit longer without eating. You know, it's not the end of the world if they decide that they're going to refuse lunch because they don't want it. You know, whereas when they're little, they have, you know, they have to eat. They have to eat to grow. Um, and so I think like you, I feel like now that Thomas is at that stage, it's, it's going to be much easier for him to go to other people or go to nursery um, and them to deal with his naps and feeding and good luck to them. <laughs> with that. <laughs> maybe that'll sort all of the problems out. Well, not problems, yeah, maybe it will. They'll um, just sort them all out. They'll all sleep through the night and it'll be perfect. Yeah. Nursery is going to train, train them up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's been super nice to catch up with you on your own without, the nct whatsapp group where you miss half of the conversation because you're busy changing a nappy um and to see your face it's been lovely yeah so let's wrap up the show with your five things that you took for granted before you got pregnant okay um so my first one which i'm sure is going to come up a lot is sleep like my friends told me that you'll never be so tired when you have a baby but you you just don't get it until you have a baby. I don't know how else to describe it. Like I even thought to myself before, I'm like, but surely even if they feed every three hours, you can still sleep in between those three hours. No, like that's not how it works at all because sometimes they feed for an hour and sometimes they feed for an hour and then don't sleep for the next hour. So sleep is just the biggest thing that I took for granted. Um, You know, be that nighttime sleep, lions on a weekend, just yeah, sleep biggest thing (laughs) um and I guess kind of on that same theme is having a hot tea or a coffee which (laughs) helps with the sleep but the amount of tea and coffee that I've microwaved or just drunk cold um whereas it's not even a thing you think of before you have a baby is like oh this nice hot drink that I've got here (laughs) um so so that's my number two um my third one is being able to go out or do things without having to plan them. And I think uh, I'm going to be probably, I'm going to say it's probably harder on mums that this, I think, than, than dads. But I used to go running quite a lot. Um, I can't just go out for a run now. I can't just think, oh, I'll just pop my trainers on and go out. I need to plan the timing. I need to make sure that, you know, Lee can have him if it's well particularly I can't do it on a weekday because he's working um so I think that's crazy that before you can literally just think oh I'll just pop out to the post box or mm. I'll you know have a bath you, you can't do that you know hopefully not ever again but certainly not at the moment um yeah I don't know if you I don't know if you found that just the little things that that you used to do that you just can't do anymore yeah agreed um concentration um I know we've been talking on the whatsapp group about what films to watch and what netflix series to watch 
I have the concentration span of a fly. Like I can't concentrate on anything anymore. Like Lee often asks, do you want to watch a film? And I'm like, yeah, you can put it on, but I probably won't be. Realistically, I'm just going to chat to the NCT group on WhatsApp. Yeah, I'm going to sit here on my phone because I can't, I just can't focus on anything anymore because I'm just thinking of other things or like worried that Thomas is going to wake up from a nap or, you know, thinking about what I'm going to do. So yeah, my concentration I think massively took for granted. Um, and my last one is going to sound like a negative, but I actually mean it as a positive. Um, I'm going to say I took my body for granted before I was pregnant. Um, and I don't mean that in a way that is now negative. I actually positively think my body grew a tiny human. And I'm so grateful that it could do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm it makes you sort of proud of yourself still to this day. You know, it was nine months ago now. And yet I'm still so proud that women's bodies can do that. And it's insane, yeah, isn't it? it is. And there's a lot of negatives that come with it, uh, you know, afterwards. Um you know, we've talked about some of the side effects we've had. Um, you know, there's scarring, there's stretch marks, there's weight that you can never lose again. But you did that to grow a tiny human. And I think I never would have thought of that before. I know that women's bodies do that. And I've always known that. But you just don't. Like you said, it's something you take for granted, I think. Oh, well, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and go and follow me on Instagram at lockdown underscore mums underscore podcast. And Frankie, I will probably speak to you within the hour. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'll speak to you soon.